Handoff, Damian Williams trying to get to the edge, breaks a tackle, 35, 30, Damian Williams, 20, stays in bounds, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Kansas City, Damian Williams runs to immortality and will be remembered forever in the Chiefs kingdom. Tiamu stays on his feet and he whistles one complete for a first down to Alonzo Russell. Good snap, good place. The kick is up. It is long enough, and it is a Missouri winner. The thicker kicker connects. I had no doubt. He's nails in practice. He's been nails all day. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the ShowMeFootball.com podcast. And we're back again today to talk... Chiefs versus Browns, 22-17, the Kansas City Chiefs defeat the Cleveland Browns. Oh my, what a game. That was my initial reaction after the uh, last play. Um, Lots to talk about today. Um, Lots of good, lots of bad, a lot of everything. This was a crazy game all around, crazy day. Um, but the Chiefs come out on top to advance to the AFC Championship versus the Cleveland Browns, uh, or <laughs> Cleveland Browns, no, that's who they beat, uh, Buffalo Bills. Uh, it's going to be an interesting matchup. We'll talk about it more. In fact, we'll probably record a podcast a little bit later in the week um, previewing the matchup against the Bills and whatnot. But uh, as to, or as always, uh, today I'm joined by Connor. We're recording this a little bit later, uh, several hours after the game. Uh, I had some stuff to do, of course, um, but... Uh, also, I hope you guys enjoyed the new intro that I made. Hopefully that one's a little bit better than the uh, last one. I added some new clips in there, but um, yeah. Anyways, Connor, what are your initial thoughts on this game? Oh, wow. I bet you, I bet you're not expecting what I'm going to say. This game <laughs> was a lot closer than it needed to be. Uh-huh. I've never seen that before. <laughs> yeah. This is just. Just something else to add to the 2020 Kansas City Chiefs. You know, every game is closer than it needs to be. And, I mean, most of the things we say, I feel, could be applied to this game. Uh, We started off and we looked like the Kansas City Chiefs that we were promised, you know. Uh, Throughout this regular season, They've kind of screwed around, and I felt like they didn't take the regular season uh, that seriously. Mm-hmm. And uh, almost like how Draymond Green, after the Warriors only lost like nine games in a year, he's like, uh, we don't really care about the regular season. We know the season starts in the play in the playoffs for the Warriors, right? That's kind of the vibe I got from the Chiefs throughout the year. And I know you kind of questioned whether or not they would be able to turn it on in the playoffs. And I'd say until Mahomes got hurt, they definitely did. And as long as that is the Kansas City Chiefs that we see moving forward, they're running it back pretty easily, in fact. Uh, yeah, I completely agree. I wanted to start off by saying that, that you know, I, I, and I even tweeted out on the Show Me Football account, I said, um, you know, I was skeptical if the whole flipping the switch thing was real with this team or if that was all talk. That was just a, a fake narrative created by the fans. But uh, I saw it with my own two eyes that entire first half. But assu- I mean, we were running away with that game before Mahomes went down. And then as soon as he did, energy was kind of sucked out, sucked out of the building. You could kind of 
it, it, and, and whenever they uh, dropped the news that Mahomes was out, he wouldn't be coming back in that game. Everyone was like, oh, shoot. Like, you're telling me we got to win a game that's only a five-point difference right now with Chad Henney at the helm? Like, this is, seriously, this is what we're going to do? I mean, it seemed difficult, but as they say, anything's possible when you have the best quarterback to ever come out of Michigan. Wow. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll 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 try to uh, keep your Brady hate to a minimum this episode. But uh, I hate him so much. Uh, you know what? Let's just start with uh, let's just start with kind of some of the negatives from the game, and let, let's just get that out of the way first. Then we can talk about all the crazy stuff that happened. Um, first thing I wanted to touch on: Harrison Butker. This guy, I. And maybe this is a knee-jerk reaction, but um, if you count the missed extra point today, uh, along uh, if you, if you bunch that together with all of his missed extra points from the regular season, that's seven in total, which I believe ties the record for most missed extra points by anyone in a season. Um, that's not good, simply put. Like I get it, he quote unquote fixed it before heading into this playoff game. Then it came back that he missed another field goal that was only like thirty yards out. Um, I've been largely unimpressed with Butker this year. And I think people kind of anointed him too early after that one chargers game where he nailed like three fifty-eight yards or something like that. Like, yeah, that was cool, but you know, let's see some consistency. And, uh, it's been anything but that for Butker since then. And, uh, honestly, this may be an e-jerk reaction, but I wouldn't be surprised if the chiefs look around and maybe bring in another kicker and, uh, camp next season or something like that. I really, really didn't want to say this, and it might be a little too knee-jerk, but I'm almost getting Tucker McCann vibes from Butker. Mm-hmm. You know, like, he'll nail it from 57, but when you just need an easy chip shot, it's wide. I it's it's getting ridiculous at this point it really is like I'm sorry like I love Butker and I really hope he gets it together but this has been a bad season from him as far as kickers go yeah honestly he should be pretty happy that we won the game with uh Chad Henney because if uh, Patrick didn't get hurt then everyone would be on Butker Mm-hmm. But, you know, Patrick getting hurt kind of took the spotlight off of him. So he's not going to get criticized as much as he probably deserves to be. Yeah, well, because, like, there was a minute there where, you know, it looked like the Browns maybe were going to, you know, take the lead or whatever, or tie this thing up. Uh, I forget the exact scenario, but uh, Butker left four points on the field. And if we had four more points added to our total, then there would be no reason to worry at the end of the game there, but there was reason to worry. And a lot of that does fall on Harrison Butker. Yeah. uh, They said that he made a field goal from 67 yards out in practice. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe he should get a little closer in practice next time. Yeah, honestly. Um, I don't understand how that happens how you just nail it from like 60 yards but you shank it from like 33 i feel like it's a pretty similar motion i don't know if maybe the snap's different because i know the snap is sometimes uh well when they kick the ball it's lower uh 
on a long field goal. That's why it's easier to block. But I still feel like it's relatively the same motion. And I don't know. It It's maybe I'm not an expert on kickers, but I just feel like you're doing the same thing every time you go out there. Just sometimes you have to hit it harder than others. Mm-hmm. I don't get it, dude. Yeah, it's definitely a concern. We'll we'll monitor it going forward, but let's move on to another negative from this game. Uh, I'm saving the best negative for last. And if you've been listening to this show for a while, you're you know, you already know what we're going to talk about. But let's let, let's start with Charvarius Ward, okay? I want Charvarius Ward off this team. Um, this was someone that a lot of fans had high hopes for. That I just I I I'm I'm not sure where the hype ever really came from. I thought he was pretty average um you know i thought he was someone who could be a solid number two or something like that uh fans were kind of propping him up as like you know this star cornerback that you know had a really great backstory and he does have a great backstory i'll give him that but he's just been he's just been bad this year like he's been a liability like it's not even like he's been unimpressive at times to me where it's like oh ward made a good play here but he made a bad play here he's just been bad yeah, um, I feel like I'm going to say one semi-nice thing about Ward because if anybody knows anything about me, they know I hate Ward. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say that I think Ward is extremely unlucky because I'll, uh, sometimes when he gets beat, they're just perfect passes and he can't do anything about him. Right. But at the same time, for some reason, he just seems to be a lot more unlucky than everyone else, which still makes him a liability. You know, lockdown ward is not a thing. And, um, you know, he he's heard this because he's blocked me on Twitter for saying it, but I've uh, been known to point out the fact that I don't think Charvarius Ward could cover a kid with a blanket. He's just <laughs> that bad. He's a complete liability in the secondary and the only corner that he's uh, better than on the roster is Antonio Hamilton. And any longtime listener knows how we feel about Antonio Hamilton. Absolutely. Um, here's here's the deal with Ward. I just I I don't even know if they should resign him at this point. But I mean, they no, they, please. They stuck him uh, on David and Joku. Who David and Joku? In fact, if I look at it here, David and Joku today had. Um, four receptions for 59 yards. Pretty good day for him. He was not a factor in Cleveland's offense like at all this year before today's game. And he just abused Charvarius Ward today. And they tried sticking him on Donovan Peoples Jones. He had a really, or Ward allowed a big catch to Donovan Peoples Jones. Like it just, whatever, whoever they put him on, just it did not work out. I mean, who does it work out when you put Ward on him? <laughs> He's not good. I mean, I guess last year uh, he quote unquote shut down Diggs and Hopkins, but I mean, I can go into that more so. But I feel like Ward is in a similar position that Kendall Fuller was last year. You know, very polarizing corner who mm-hmm. you could make an argument for him getting paid because there's some PFF stat that Ward is first in somehow. At, I don't like PFF for the most part, like their overall grades for most positions I respect, but their secondary grades are horrible. They say Levi Wallace is the best corner in the NFL, but, uh, 
uh, I'm just pointing that out right now so that when we call Clark out for having an awful PFF grade, people don't call us hypocrites. Uh, PFF is not good at grading corners. Pointing that out right now so I'm not a hypocrite. But uh, yeah, I feel like what's going to end up happening is Ward is going to sign a similar contract with Kendall Fuller with some like poverty team with a bad secondary that just can't attract free agents. Like maybe, I don't know. I don't know how much cap they have, but I know nobody wants to go to Houston. Maybe Houston overpays and gets Charvarius Ward. But uh, I hope that Beach isn't a complete idiot and signs him to a big contract. But given the fact that DeAndre Baker is expected back next year, uh, Legereus Sneed is a stud. Uh, we just re-signed uh, Bashad Breeland. I'm not sure how long his deal is. And Rashad Fenton has been good. No reason to bring Ward back, especially when I just have the feeling he's going to price himself out anyway. Yeah. Um, I'm just, the last thing I'm going to say is I think they, you know, they were talking about a Ward extension, a lot of people before this season. I think whatever money that they had put to the side that they were planning on giving Ward if he had a good season, they should just go ahead and offer that to Bashad Breeland, given his market. Oh, yeah. Bashad Breeland is a very good corner. Yeah. I mean, it sucks that he got hurt, but if Mahomes is good to go, then Bashad should be good to go. Yeah, and we'll get into that a little bit more. Uh, but let's move on to one of our last negatives, last big negatives from this game. Frank oh, Clark. Boy, I wonder who it's going to be. Frank the Shark Clark. He, st- he tweeted out a gift yesterday of sharks all over the water. There was blood in the water for this game. Frank Clark didn't have a single pressure today. Um, pretty sure he did not. Uh, that's... Okay, can I, I'm going on a mini Clark rant here, okay? So Clark, you know, time, if you're a Frank Clark defender, time is running out for the just wait for playoff Frank Clark crowd. Time's running out because guess what? It's the playoffs now. And Clark just had a totally just zero burger in a playoff game um so there was one play uh someone in particular pointed out craig stout of arrowhead pride uh someone who's a defensive film film analyst uh and yeah you know, i i love the guys at arrowhead pride i listen to a lot of their stuff i read a lot of their stuff i, I love the people there but he mentioned the fact that clark sniffed out a screen on the browns last drive of the game but i wouldn't give Clark credit for that at all because there was no screen there. Baker threw to an offensive lineman um, to try to just to throw it away because the play broke down. There was no screen that Clark sniffed out there. That was a, that was just a broken play and Baker threw it to an offensive lineman uh, like to the ground where he knew he wasn't going to get it. There was Clark did nothing this game. And mind you, um, I'm not even going to mention this person's name, um, because shutting down Frank Clark isn't even considered an accomplishment anymore. I'm not sure if it ever was, but uh, the Browns were on their third string left tackle today. I don't know. I, I, I know his name. I'm not going to tell you. They were on their third string left tackle, and all that needs to be said, I don't know if you guys knew, but the Browns' third string left tackle was on the Jets' practice squad earlier this season. The Jets' practice squad and the Browns picked him up. He ended up playing this game out of necessity and we had zero from Frank Clark. Absolutely zero. Our $100 million man. This is no sex. Where's playoff Frank Clark guys. You told me he was coming. All these fans there said I was 
being too hard on Frank Clark. He's coming this postseason. Just wait. That's what we pay him for. Clark did nothing. So what's the excuse now? I mean, it's probably going to be something along the lines of they're probably going to use the fact that the Browns had a really good offensive line as an excuse for uh, Frank Clark being a bad football player. But as you said, third string, uh, former Jets practice squad member starting at left tackle, Frank Clark should be smoking him. Mm -hmm. And uh, everyone's going to bring up that quote-unquote snuffed out screen pass but i think tony romo said it in the broadcast too i'll admit i didn't have my tv up too loud because i didn't want to hear about how fantastic baker mayfield was for three hours but uh from what my perspective was what i saw and what i think tony saw too was frank clark knew he was getting beat so instead of trying to go for the pass rush he dropped back because he wasn't going to get there anyway. And uh, it looked like Chubb went out for the block um, and it kind of broke down and Baker tried to throw it to Chubb and it was just a broken play that Frank Clark happened to be there. Uh, I don't think that he really snuffed it out. I think he just knew that he wasn't going to get past the unnamed left tackle. Uh, so he just kind of fell back and, lucked out kind of like a few uh back in the first denver game where Locke pitched the ball over melvin gordon's head yes. and right into frank clark's hands he just got lucky and was in the right place at the right time yes uh the reason he was even there was because he was like 15 yards away from the play from trying to run around the tackle god i hate clark dude but um he, a lot of people I've noticed a lot more people turn on Chris Jones as of lately too saying man where's Chris Jones where's Chris Jones I don't know about you guys but I saw multiple plays today where Chris Jones uh you know he didn't have a sack or nothing but he clearly wrecked the play uh or put pressure on Baker Mayfield uh there was definitely a few plays in the game where I can say that that happened but I don't think people realize that we have such a lack of an edge presence these days that Frank Chris Jones actually is getting double teamed so much to where we can actually use the double team excuse with Chris Jones uh the same one that people tried to use on Frank Clark guys Frank Clark is bottom third in the league in double team rate uh against opponent opposing teams like that it's not cutting it anymore Frank Clark has to do something and not only that, but um, you're not really going to see uh, defensive tackles show up on the box score as much as you should see edge rushers, especially given the fact that the Browns got Joel Petonio back and we're starting a third string left tackle. Frank Clark should have ate this game and Joel Petonio was probably going to keep uh, Chris Jones in check. But what your defensive tackle is supposed to do is yeah, they're going to get sacks here and there, but they should uh, stop the run and they should bring interior pressure to force the quarterback out of the pocket and make a bad decision. For the most part, Chris Jones is good at forcing pressure. I think he was like second in the league in interior pressures this year. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's pretty good. Uh, Tony Romo said it on the broadcast and I totally agreed and he was saying that Chris Jones should have been put on the outside where Frank Clark was because, you know, we all know Chris Jones used to be a defense or be a end. So put Jones out on a defensive end 
and let him be the one to take advantage of the crappy uh, left tackle instead of Frank Clark, who did nothing. Yeah, that's also a really good idea and something that I wrote about this week. Uh, I thought because uh, I thought putting Chris Jones out on the edge is also effective in helping to stop Kevin Stefanski's run scheme because they did that against the Vikings out of necessity. And Chris Jones actually did really good because his ability to um, shed blocks and absolutely dominate his opponent uh, helped him cut off Dalvin Cook multiple times in that game. So that was something I wanted to see. We didn't really get to see it today, but that's okay. Um, but yeah, definitely. So let's just go ahead and uh, analyze the offense for today. Um, you know, it, it, it's not much to say, like, uh, like, like we said, they were running away with that game. They looked really good. Um, you know, before Mahomes went down, Mahomes ended uh, 21 of 30 for 255 yards in the touchdown. Chad Henney, 66 yards, six of eight. He also had the interception that was pretty ugly, but oh, well, didn't matter. Um, let's point something out though. Um, and in fact, let me look up the stats here real quick, but I'm going to ask you, uh, as I'm looking them up. How many games over 75 rushing yards do you think Clyde Edwards Hilarious had this year? Three. Three? Okay. Let me look. He has had one. That was week one against Houston. That was 138. For a bonus point, I'll guess the games. Houston, Buffalo, first Denver game. You would be... Uh, it was actually the New Orleans game, the second or the first. I said second, the first New Orleans game. I, I say first as if there was a second, but he ran 138 yards against Houston. He ran 161 yards against Buffalo, and then he ran 79 yards against New Orleans. And also, uh, you did guess the Buffalo one right, but uh, Daryl Williams had 78 yards on 13 carries today. No Mitchell Schwartz. Clyde Edwards Lair had Mitchell Schwartz for about two and a, or one and a half of those uh, 75 plus yard rushing games. I think most people are kind of surprised by that statistic. I thought the way, and I tweeted this out, and uh, we even had someone of note even like the tweet, um, Clyde Edwards Lair himself. I said, and I, and it's no disrespect to Clyde. Like, I don't want him to, like, you know, hate us. I mean, not that I care, but. I feel like the way Darrell Williams played today, he I mean, he was putting on some bruising runs. Uh, and I thought the way he played today showed just how irresponsible it was to pick Clyde Edwards Lair in the first round. Yeah. Uh, Daryl, I said it on Twitter and got a lot of hate for it, but I honestly think that Daryl is just as good, if not better than Clyde. So Clyde was a stupid pick. Uh but, I mean, I hope Clyde comes back and does well next week because he did really well against Buffalo in the first round. But I'm still, I still don't like Clyde. And I'm probably still not going to like Clyde, especially when you look at the uh, other rookie running backs in the league. I'm just going to name a couple of names off the top of my head. J.K. Dobbins, Jonathan Taylor, Antonio Gibson, uh, James Robinson. Who wasn't even That's drafted? Four that came off the top of my head. Yeah, how was James Robinson not drafted? Anyway, I digress. Um, but I'm not gonna like Clyde. And I, but I thought Daryl had a fantastic game today. Uh, I was expecting a lot of Le'Veon. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, Le'Veon has some experience against the Browns, uh, being a Steeler and all. And 
Le'Veon really only got on the field for one drive and it was all passing downs, which that's at least how the Chiefs should be using Le'Veon. You know, we don't have the line to, I feel like every week we say the same thing, they're misusing Le'Veon, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, we don't have the offensive line to use Le'Veon like he did in Pittsburgh. So you essentially use him as a wide receiver out of the backfield is the best use of Le'Veon. And that's kind of what we did this week. But yeah, I was, uh, could not be more impressed with Daryl. Great game. Yeah, that was one of my big takeaways was the lack of Le'Veon snaps. I just, it seems like they just, I, and it could be because Le'Veon's not still healthy from that last game um, where he got dinged up. But I thought it was strange that Daryl kind of became the number one um, in this game. Le'Veon only got two carries, and I think like it seems like the coaching staff maybe doesn't trust him. I don't know. That's weird to me because I thought Le'Veon Bell has done a fantastic job this year despite the bad blocking and his ability to make uh, something out of nothing. But eh, whatever. Uh, I would like to see him use more in the passing game for sure. I think he's definitely better than Daryl in that department. Um, but you know, they won the game, so I can't complain too much. Uh, Tyree Kill had an amazing day, eight receptions for 110 yards. Uh, and then Travis Kelsey, absolutely a monster, uh, eight receptions for 109 yards. Oh my God, my bomb is going off. Hold on. I'll let you talk about them too while I turn off my bomb going off in the background. You probably shouldn't say that. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Travis Kelsey, uh, as predicted, had a fantastic game. Uh, going with eight receptions, 109 yards, and a tutty. Uh, McCole Hardman had four receptions for 58 yards. Uh, Daryl Williams out of the backfield had four receptions for 16 yards. Uh, Byron Pringle got in there with uh, two receptions for 14 yards. And Demarcus Robinson had a reception for 14 yards. But upon further review, it Shouldn't wasn't have counted. completion. Yeah, it was an incompletion, but luckily the Chiefs got to the ball or got to the line and snapped it quick enough so that Stefanski couldn't challenge. I it. saw a lot of people saying um, that uh, the uh, the refs bailed out the Chiefs. Look, the ref is just making the call that they see on the field. The Browns had the opportunity to challenge that and they didn't. Okay, and don't tell me that oh it would have been a stupid challenge because Stefanski had an absolutely horrible challenge later in the game on Tyree Kill's catch that was clearly a catch and was wasting everyone's time. Hey, burned a timeout. I was cool. Yeah, I'm I'm cool with it. Tyree Kill, dude. Tyree Kill isn't human. Oh, yeah, by the way, I wanted to point out, uh, Byron Pringle. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just pointing out how insane that catch was that you mentioned earlier. Yeah, no, it was. It takes insane concentration to make a catch like that. Uh, But I just wanted to point out uh, Byron Pringle. I know he only had two catches today for 14 yards, but he was – he's someone that me and you weren't very high on, but – he, I gotta say, the dude stepped up whenever they needed him to this season. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna kind of stay on the thing that I've been uh, harping on for Pringle for feels like weeks now, and I think that his role on the team should be kick and punt returner and emergency receiver. Yeah, I mean that's fair, definitely. I'm just impressed with the way. 
he's been able to step up, especially in the absence of Sammy Watkins, because really he's a similar player to Sammy Watkins in a lot of ways. They're both, they both got decent speed. They're both uh, pretty decent route runners. They're kind of similar in build um, and demeanor. Uh, they're pretty similar players. Of course, Watkins is more talented, but I think a lot of people see that comparison. Um, I got to say though, uh, thank the heavens. McCall Hardman made a fair catch when he was supposed to today. I know hell is frozen over <laughs> McCall Hardman being smart, returning the football. That's never happened. Not at all. Not at all. Uh, I just had to shout him out on that. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's all that there really is to say about the offense. I thought we looked pretty good until Mahomes went down. It's as simple as that. Uh, although that one Chad Henney interception kind of was demoralizing. I thought right then and there we, lost the game honestly because travis kelsey made an amazing play on i think it was like third down or something to get us all the way down to um somewhere somewhere on the other half of the field i don't know uh but i was like oh my god i love kelsey here we go we're actually going to be able to put this game away oh no chad henny interception and i have no idea what he was looking at on that throw either dude it was an arm punt yeah carl joseph just stood in the end zone yeah i'm not sure what the hell he was doing there uh and also overall like it it doesn't matter. And what that last play of the game or not the last play, but the last first down or whatever, it wasn't even a first down. The one, the play that put us at fourth and inches, that one Chad Henney run. Holy cow, dude, that was amazing. That's <laughs> Chad Henney, dude. But other than that, I don't know why Chad Henney's our backup quarterback. I'm not sure why Matt Moore wouldn't be the guy there, especially since he proved himself last off season, but eh, whatever. Name me one other Michigan quarterback that could have made that play. You can't do it. Okay. Uh, moving on. <laughs> defense. Um, championships. So the defense actually played pretty well besides a couple of hard attack moments. Um, they held the Browns to 308 total yards of offense, um, 196 passing yards, only in 112 on the ground allowed. Um the Browns were only six of 13 on third down, although they were three of three on fourth down, which kind of pissed me off, but whatever. Uh, Baker Mayfield, pretty pedestrian stat line, 204 yards, one TD and one interception. That interception by Tyron Matthew, dude. That's why I wore his jersey today. I love the dude. Honey Badger, although it really sucks that we couldn't even capitalize on that turnover. Harrison Butker missed the field goal, so that kind of pissed me off too, but oh well. Uh, besides you know what we've already complained about, like Frank Clark, um, you know, nothing else in the defense really upset me. Uh, same story with Ward. I thought most of the guys on the defense had a really good day. Uh, and shout out Anthony Hitchens, who had a good game today as well and has just had an amazing season overall and ex- succeeded or exceeded my expectations this year as well. If there was one player that stood out to me on defense, I don't think he really showed up in the box score, but he was everywhere. It was luxurious Sneed, dude. Yes. That kid is special. And his blitzing ability is second to none. I thought Tyron was the best blitzer on the team, and he's been able to blitz very effectively um, in the past. Um, but luxurious Sneed might be better, and that's saying something. Yeah, dude. Like, I felt like Sneed was around every play. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I love Snead. That was a hell of a pick by Veach. That was another thing I tweeted out earlier this week. The like, I don't understand how Legarius Snead was a fourth rounder only. I mean, this is someone who had a pretty solid career at Louisiana Tech. Um, graded out as the number one athlete among cornerbacks, has experience at cornerback and safety. He's just the perfect fit for this team and a great player. I'm glad we have him. You answered your question in there. Has there ever been another good player from Louisiana Tech? I can't think of any. No, I really can't. I'm sure. Watch, there's probably a huge legend that we're not thinking of that came from there, and someone's going to like add us on Twitter and be like, I can't believe you forgot this guy. I mean, if we do, we do. We move. Oh, and something I want to point out. Dirty Dan Sorensen made a fantastic play that had everyone on Twitter crying. We can talk about this for a while if you want. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot to be said here. All right. So my initial uh, thoughts of the play is the first thing I thought was, wow, that's a good ass hit. And then we got the ball back. Granted, I'm not crazy about the rule that if the ball gets fumbled into the end zone, um, it's a touchback. But, hey, I'm not going to complain. That's the rule. But people were complaining that it was a helmet-to-helmet hit. But the fact of the matter is, Higgins was diving for the pylon. What was Danny supposed to do? He dove for the ball to try to prevent it from breaking the line. And that's exactly what he did. He did his job. He's a football player, and he made a great play. And people are going to whine and moan about it on Twitter, about how the refs are giving games to Kansas City. But they can whine all they want. It was a good play. Dirty Dan is clutch. All right. Um, No, but I completely agree. I thought it was a stupid thing to complain about. Oh, my God, there was a little bit of helmet-to-helmet. Like, it wasn't even egregious or anything. In fact, I even got into an argument with someone who was like, dirty garbage hit. I can't believe he did that. He should be out. Are you kidding me? I mean, maybe a mis-execution by Dan Sorensen to an extent, but dirty hit? Come on, are you kidding me? But it, it... Helmet to helmet is something that happens all the time. Like when the receiver lowers their head, trying to uh, plow for a first down. Like it's just like helmets will touch each other. That's something that happens in the game. What the NFL doesn't want is just that huge hit with the crown of the helmet on someone that is dangerous to the game. Yeah, it is. Um, but Dan, dirty Dan didn't do that. Dan did not. He it wasn't like, yeah, their helmets touched on the play and there was a little bit of contact there, but it's not like it, it's not something the ref is going to pick up on unless it's super obvious, you know? Yeah, that's that it just happens in football. Yeah. You know, that's if you don't like it, get out. That's just how it is. These are grown men. Yeah, their helmets are going to touch. Boo hoo. If you want to whine about uh, the fact that we got possession after it rolled out of the end zone. That's one thing. Take that up with the NFLPA. But calling our players dirty, especially after what Mac Wilson pulled, which no one's really calling it dirty, but personally I thought it was dirty. No, you can't do that. I don't think Mac Wilson, you know, was trying to hurt Mahomes, but I like you have to know better, you know? Like it's one of those yeah. things that like it's I'm not like I'm not saying it was intentional, but the way you did that, like 
it was dirty. Like it was probably instinct for him to do that, which it 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 just can't be, you know. But well, when you grab someone kind of like by the collar and then pull them into the ground and their head hits the ground first, I mean, like yeah, that's a tackle and all, and I don't think it should have been flagged for it, but I. Th- it seems pretty scummy to me because uh, they said that uh, it was more so Patrick being choked out than a concussion. So if you're in a scenario where you're choking a dude out, like you're doing something wrong, you know, you can tackle someone without uh, choking him out. You know, you can lay a big hit or you can just have a standard tackle. You don't, you shouldn't have to choke him out. Right. Um, Another thing I wanted to talk about was uh, Kareem Hunt, his homecoming today. Only six carries for 32 yards. He had the touchdown, which the Browns gifted to him because he wanted him to get that little revenge touchdown. Um, He did the sleeping celebration, and I both loved it and hated it at the same time. Like If I'm a Browns fan, I love it. If I'm just a Kareem Hunt truther, I love it. But if I'm a Chiefs fan, I'm like... You can't do that, dude. And I, it's really odd to me how Kareem tried to make this like a personal game for him when it's like, dude, you're not on the team anymore because of what you did. So don't give me that. But <sighs> Kareem, there was one on the last Browns offensive drive where Kareem bobbled the catch and then uh, was met by, I think it was Sorensen. Uh, and was tackled out of bounds. Uh, I was like, I was fired up, dude. I was like, yes, Kareem, get on the ground and stay on the ground. Don't get up. You are not wanted in Kansas City, dude. You are not taking this game from us. I remember I was, I think it was against the Redskins. I was at the game where Kareem first did the sleeping celebration. And at the time, it was, you know, the coolest thing ever. You know, we got this superstar running back with all the potential in the world. And then, you know, everything that happened, happened. And to see him come back to Kansas City and do it in a uniform other than the Chiefs just made my blood boil, dude. Uh, I loved Kareem so much. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I just felt kind of disrespected by it. And, yeah, it pissed me off to no end, dude. And uh, I think the Browns' strategy was very, very intentional with how they used Kareem Hunt. You know, he didn't get many touches, but that's not necessarily his fault. They very clearly had him, uh, had the game plan for him to be almost the closing pitcher. Yeah. You know, like uh, Chubb gets carries on first and second down. But the Browns always bring Kareem Hunt on third down, and that's the most underrated part of their offense because Kareem Hunt is an elite pass catcher and an elite runner. You know, uh, Chubb is one of those kind of downhill thumper guys. Yes. You know, he doesn't have a neck, so he can't really turn around for a <laughs> pass, right? But Kareem Hunt, Kareem Hunt can do anything you want him to. So he is literally the perfect third down back. And if you hit him on a screen pass, you're getting the first down. And that's, I've watched a lot of Browns games because I don't like the Browns. And it's so frustrating because they'll get him on like third and 16 and Baker will hit uh, Kareem out of the backfield and he'll take it up and get the first down. Thankfully that didn't happen. Uh, the play that you brought up with him bobbling the ball. It's, I think that was one of the ones that they were trying to do. I don't know why Kareem bobbled it, uh, but 
he did, and I'm glad he did. And I believe the person who made that tackle wasn't uh, Sorensen, but was actually Ward. So maybe Ward's a better linebacker than corner. But, I, uh, <laughs> I, I, there was yeah, some... uh, once we got to the fourth quarter. Uh, there's green got a lot of carries yeah there's multiple people in on that tackle i just thought i remembered dan being the first one but you could be right uh but either way it was good to see um uh that last play that andy called though the uh henny to hill pass i so and i said this to you before we started recording but uh tony romo said on the broadcast like Oh, I think they're just going to try to get him to jump off sides and then maybe they'll call a timeout, think this over, probably call a QB sneak, something like that. And I agreed with him. I was like, yeah, that's probably what they're going to do. Then Henny took the snap and I'm like, oh my God, what are we doing? I did not expect them to take the snap. And then he took the snap and he threw it to Hill and I'm like, oh my God, oh, he got it. Yes, we won the game. Oh my God, what a gutsy call by Reed, dude. Like if, if, if Hill had dropped that or like Henny had botched the pass, I would have, I would have called for Reed's head. Yeah, dude. Um, I was really confused when we came out there. Cause I thought we were going to punt mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, we're going to punt defense wins championships. Defense is going to have to step up and finish the game. Yeah. You know, I was expecting like, uh, to get Baker on like a fourth and 23 and then Frank Clark would get a coverage sack and be hailed as the hero. The closer, the shark. Anyway, uh, but when he came, <laughs> when I saw that Chad Henney was staying on the field, I'm like, okay, QB sneak, game over, right? Mm-hmm. And then I saw that he wasn't under center. And I'm like, what are you doing, Andy? And then Tony's like, oh, so they're just going to try to get the Browns offsides. And I'm like, okay, I mean, I guess, but I'd rather you be under center to try to get them off sides because I feel like they're more apt to jump yes. off sides if you're under center, right? Uh, but then when I thought it was like a false start on Ryder when he initially snapped the ball, <laughs> and when he uh, when he hit Hill on the right, I ran down my hall screaming, uh, I mean, I think I can play it, but I recorded like one of the first things I said after uh, it was completed. Uh, hold on. Are you playing the recording? Yeah, that was my reaction after uh, <laughs> and he hit Hill for the first down. But yeah, it was wild, dude. I'm This seems more like a Doug Peterson call than an Andy Reid call, honestly. Dude, I cannot get over the fact that you said you thought it was a false start on Austin Ryder on the last play. I did. It's such a predictable thing, too. Oh, man. But um, let's let's talk about the uh, big talking point coming out of this game. Uh, Is Patrick Mahomes going to be healthy? So Andy Reid said after the game, Holmes got hit in the back of the head and got the wind knocked out of him, said that he feels great and that they never actually used the word concussion in conversation, which to me, um, I guess that's, you know, good news, but it also makes me question why they ruled him out with a concussion then, because then you force Mahomes to go through concussion protocol. And even if Mahomes says, or says he feels good, if he doesn't pass that concussion protocol, well, then he can't play, you know? But uh, whatever, I think he'll be okay. Uh, it's anyone's bet, really. 
And then they said the same with Bashad Breeland that they wouldn't really call his a concussion either, which again, I guess best case scenario, you know. My question is, uh, why wasn't he out there? And I feel like it might be a different story if we had lost that game. I feel like Andy would have been like, oh, yeah, it was the worst concussion we'd ever seen to justify not playing him and losing the game. <laughs> yeah. But that we won, he's just like, oh, uh, well, yeah, uh, he feels great. He should be good to go. And, uh, you know, they said that his symptom was more being choked out than a concussion. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, that can get you lightheaded and dizzy, but Patrick uh, ran to the locker room under his own power, and I'm sure he was under concussion protocol, and I heard that he tried to get back out there. And, I mean, if his leg was broken, he'd try to get back out there just because he's that much of a competitive guy. Dude, he wanted to go Uh, back out there after dislocating his knee in the Broncos game. (laughs) Yeah, he's a competitor. Uh, Geez, sounds like I'm talking about Tom Brady. Anyway, uh, but all signs point to him being good. I was really scared because I know concussion protocol usually uh, takes you out uh, the remainder of the game. And then the next week, uh, think back to when Alex got a concussion against the Colts and Nick Foles had to start the next week against the Jaguars Yeah, in the famous Kelsey throwing his towel game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it sounds like Patrick should be good to go for the AFC championship. And let's be real. He's the biggest name in football uh, playing in a very important playoff game that a lot of people are going to watch. If the NFL is ever going to fudge the rules with concussion protocol slightly, it's going to be now. Yeah. Um, I think Mahomes will be fine. And I think at that, because, you know, at that point when he came out of the game, he already had the hurt toe that was clearly bothering him. And then on top of that, you just had him, you know, wobbling on the field. Like, I think at that point, Reed was like, let's just try to keep him safe and escape with the win. And luckily we did. Yeah. Uh, Although where was Frank, the shark, the closer Clark today? Where, Where was he? I told you about this before we started recording, but I just wanted to share on air. Um, he blocked me on Twitter. Again? So I was on the Show Me Football Twitter. Uh, you might have noticed us under the post because I was throwing shade because, you know, I have to uh, in his comments. And one of the comments that I saw, you know, you have your ca- uh, casual Chiefs boomers that's like, great job, Frank, the shark with a bunch of like blood drop and shark emojis and just (laughs) crap like that. But I loved a comment that I saw that just said, when are you going to be back? Uh, I love cheese. Sounds so innocent, but so much shade. I loved it. Um, Oh gosh. I was going to bring something up real quick. Oh yeah. One thing I wanted to touch on before we wrap up. Um, so, Tyreek Hill pushed, like, I think it was the receivers coach on the sideline, and everyone was like, uh-oh, oh, my God, Tyreek Hill being violent? Oh, my God, who could have seen this coming? Tyreek Hill pushed his coach on the sideline. This is a good – they were joking around. I just wanted to clear that up. Not that we have, like, a national audience, but they were clearly joking on the sidelines, and Tyreek even, like, tweeted at the game, like, no, nah, no, I love him like an uncle. We were just playing around. I just wanted to clear that up. I think they were laughing while they did it. Yeah, they were. The broadcast showed it. And conveniently, all the blue check marks 
uh, who like to point that stuff out, conveniently left the part about uh, the coach laughing it off seconds later. But eh, whatever. Media going to media. They're always looking for some way to slander Tyreek, it sucks. Yep. So the Chiefs will take on the Bills and host the third AFC championship game in a row. No team has done that in NFL history. Um, it'll be an interesting game. And also uh, the uh, general public is already giving the Chiefs bulletin material because the Buffalo Bills are 1.5 point favorites for this game. Is that assuming we have or don't have Mahomes? Um, good question. Uh, but either way, I feel pretty confident. And I'm it's Dude, how saying they... a lot. Because <laughs> that Baltimore, that Buffalo Baltimore game, they didn't look that great. No. And we looked really, really good before Mahomes got hurt. So assuming we get playoff Sammy and Willie Gay, we should win this easily. Dude. Yes, the Willie Gay edition will be huge, assuming we get him back. I really hope they do. And Rashad Benton, too. Uh, anything to get Ward less snaps, but. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, he's a complete. I take uh, okay. I'm sorry. I and all due respect to DeAndre Baker, I take DeAndre Baker with a snatch femur over Charvarius Ward. I didn't do it, but I was considering DMing Ward and asking him if he could donate his femur to DeAndre Baker. (laughs) Oh gosh. Uh, Well, I'm sure we'll be back next week talking about the same things after a five point game. So, um. That's all I got for today. Here's my prediction. Here's my prediction for next week. I'm going to say it right now. I'm going to say the Chiefs take on or have an early lead. Uh, It's going to look good going into half. And then the Bills are going to make it close and give us a heart attack without the Bills ever actually having a lead. And I also predict that Frank Clark isn't going to do anything. That's my prediction. Really going out on a limb. All right, folks, you heard it all. Um, You'll catch us uh, sometime this week, probably be previewing the Buffalo game. Um, But that's all I got for today. Anything else you wanted to throw in at the end? Uh, Nope, Uh, except there's any more blood in the water. Okay, yeah, we're done. Uh, Peace, everybody. Uh, Go to (laughs) www.showmefootball.com for more. Uh, Peace.